This Is A What You Asked For podcast, part of the Asked For universe. Thanks for listening. Radar, C.M. Morrison, and this is a new show, a newish show. This is the second episode of a new show on the Asked For Universe, uh, one of five, and this is what we're calling the random show. This is the whatever show. Whatever doesn't fit into the other shows I do here. I've designed this as a platform, really, for me to produce something when I don't have any co-hosts or guests. So each show, until I change my mind, I suppose, each show will be different. Each episode will be different, rather, and uh, this one will be no exception. Now, I'm anticipating most of the time I'll be by myself. Uh, If you heard the first episode of Weekend Chubby, it was the biggest episode we had the most guests and we had both our co-hosts on uh this time i'm joined by the what you asked for regular show co-host daniella hi and her dog dolce <laughs> so you may hear some doggy noises during this um for this episode we've decided to inter- uh, interview no oh, a bit hard to do he's hi. passed away poor fella uh <laughs> we've decided to uh review rather uh, Purple Rain. Purple Rain, the album and the movie. Why? Um, I don't know. just came to me. <laughs> I was thinking about what, what I was going to do after the chaos of the last episode. What, what, what will I do? Um, and, of course, assuming I was doing this by myself, I figured a review would be the way to go. And now that's not to say that I'm always going to review things. You know, who knows, the next episode I might discuss Tai Chi. I don't know. Um... But for this episode, we are discussing Purple Rain, the album, and the movie by the legendary and unfortunately recently passed away. I say recently, it's been how long? A year. Has it been a year? Almost. Maybe a bit longer. It's been a while. A tiny while, anyway, of uh, uh, the death of the passing of living legend Prince. So uh, you're looking that up at the moment, aren't you? Yeah. It was... Oh, Oh, it was the 21st of April 2016. 2016. Okay, so a couple of years ago. Just over a couple of years ago now. Um, Yeah, a a sad... Very sad. A sad loss. Um, How old was he? He's only youngish. Late 50s, early 60s. I'm thinking late 50s. I should already know this. I heard that... Someone told me he was around 60, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Yes, so uh, while you look that up, uh, I'll explain what's happening this episode. So what we're going to do is... I'll uh, interrupt you. Yeah, just interrupt me. He was only 57. Yeah, he didn't even reach 60. That's really sad. Yeah. And he looks so good for his age. Mm. So the show today, the episode, rather, is divided into four main parts. So there's this part which is the introduction where we're just going to shoot the shit uh in the moment we're going to talk about our impressions of the album and the movie um i'm going to give a little bit of background in the second section and in the third section we review 
the album uh, song by song, and then we talk about the movie, and lastly, we just give our closing thoughts and give everything a rating. So, yeah. Yeah. Shall we begin? We shall. Let's begin. Purple Rain. I'll get into the background in the minute in a minute and talk about when and where and how and who and what and all the other stuff. Last night we listened to the album on LP. Yes. Because I own it on LP. And then we followed that with the movie. Um, you hadn't watched, or you had watched, excuse me, you had watched the movie, but you you hadn't watched it in like a seriously long time. Yeah, I was like 12 when I and saw it. you remembered nothing. No, I remembered like a motorbike and some stairs mm. and like prints, obviously. That's about it. Yeah, so you had like a no couple, idea of, couple of images in your head. Was, what it was about. Right. And you hadn't heard the whole album until Never. last night. Yeah. But you were familiar with a few tracks. Yes. Like Let's Go Crazy, When Doves Cry. Purple Rain. And Purple Rain, which are probably the most yeah, popular. Yeah, probably all I knew tracks. from the album. Uh, where for me, I, I've got quite a nostalgia with the album and and the movie. I was introduced to Prince at a fairly young age, uh, around about, I want to say, 10, 11 and really became a huge fan when I was about 12, 13. Uh, and that was about the age when I heard the album Purple Rain. And I, I heard the album before I actually... Um, I heard the album before I actually saw the movie. Yeah. I didn't even really know there was a movie, despite it saying on the album cover, yeah. motion picture, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, so it was... I've got that background with the album and the movie. Uh, it has a special place in my heart. I remember uh, listening to that album nonstop and uh, hiring the movie many times yep. from the video store and uh, showing it to friends and yeah, trying to convert people to the <laughs> to the Church of Prince. <laughs> Uh, so it was really quite lovely. Like I've heard the, I've continued to listen to the album to this day, um, but I don't get to watch the movie all that much. So yeah. it was really nice to watch it again, and watch it with someone who, more or less, was watching it for the first time. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> just quickly, like your impressions of, um, the album. I, what were your thoughts? I really like the album. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it tells a story. Mm. Like, so. that's something you picked up on straight away is like yeah. each song seems to be telling a part of a story that builds yeah that's right um, and if it wasn't part of a, a movie it'd almost be a concept album yes that's what I reckon it, yeah it was just as you know like each song it was just very simple to um, put a story to it and like what was going on without seeing the movie and knowing what was going on in the movie yeah. I could, yeah, pick bits and pieces of what was going to happen, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It was funny at a couple of points you, you, you made some comments and it was like, yeah, that's actually what's happening in the movie. It's interesting that you're, you've, you're picked up on that and you don't really remember the movie. Uh, yeah, so the album's got, uh, I guess if you're listening to it carefully, maybe if you're just listening, listening to it for fun, which you certainly can do, um, you might not necessarily be concentrating on the lyrics as much yeah um but it's it's a 
know, it's a, a fun pop album, pop rock album. It is. Um, fun. It's got lots of energy, very synth and drum and uh, guitar driven, obviously. I like the drum in it. Yeah. I like that. And we'll talk more about those influences when we look at the track by track review. Uh, I forgot we were doing that already. Um, no, we're, <laughs> we're just doing general impressions and general impressions of the movie. As well? Yeah. Now? Okay. It's just general impressions. Yeah. Not a full um, review. I, re- I really liked it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. I won't say too much yet, but I, I did enjoy it. Uh, obviously, the music was great and Prince was hot and that was good. <laughs> mm. Everyone's very attractive. Uh, the movie yes. um, I mentioned after we finished watching it, I had forgotten that it, it moves quite briskly. Yes. It's not a, a hugely long movie. Um, it's very much a platform to sell prints, so the songs are front and centre, but the story itself is quite brisk, yeah. which is good, and it doesn't mean it's um, it, that's a bad thing. It's good that it's a fairly simple story with simple B stories to follow. It's got heart. Um, it's it's got triumph. It's it's a good little uh, hero's journey. Yeah. Uh, our hero being Prince. Of course. So I I think it's aged considerably well. Considering so. considering there's a couple of things <laughs> that you think oh that wouldn't go down well in a modern yeah. audience, but like considering the time and considering like you you could get away with it or get away with it. You could. It, it still works. It's yeah. just um, what would have probably been um, okay with at the time. Would I don't think we could get away with completely um, in, in, with a modern audience. Yeah. It, yes. <laughs> so we'll go into a bit of a background discussion on yep. Prince. So being the – I imagine you're not a huge Prince listener. Um, only – Little bit when I was younger, not a lot. So some some tracks that come to mind that you would have heard when you were younger. Um, I remember, um, is it Cream? Okay, yep. Because that was one of my hottest one hundred albums yeah. that I had. Came out ninety two on Diamonds and Pearls. Yes, and I love that song too, mm-hmm. Diamonds and Pearls, and um, um, Batman <coughs> one. Oh, yep. The, ba- the Batman yep. soundtrack that came out, I believe it was 89. Because I was obsessed with the movie, so yeah. I really liked the movie. So And that, that soundtrack was all Prince. Yeah. I mean, Danny Elfman did the the, yep. the score, but he did all, all the songs. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. But, yeah, just, like, basic songs, never really... Were you familiar with Prince's earlier work, before Purple Rain? 1999? Yeah. Little Red Corvette? See, I don't know Little Red Corvette. You don't I, know I didn't. Red Corvette. Hang on, let me rephrase that. I didn't know it yet back okay. then. I know it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't. I wasn't a big Prince follower. Follower. Yeah, sure. Um, like I said, in my early teens, I became a massive Prince fan to the point where I was exclusively listening <laughs> to Prince. And it sounds like hyperbole, but it was really true. There was a point in my life, my young life. When I thought it um, almost blasphemy to listen to anything else other than Prince. So, at the time, I think, what was the album that had recently come out? I think Diamonds and Pearls, um, maybe the Love Symbol album that yep. had come out around about the time when I became a big fan. And that was that, that Love Symbol album's popular for songs like My Name is Prince, Sexy MF, 
seven. Uh, but yeah, I had a love affair with Prince, and particularly particularly this album. There's something about the imagery that goes along with this album because mm-hmm. you can't. Well, you can, but it's really hard to separate the album from the movie because they are one of the same. Yeah. Prince had come up with the the concept uh, the year before, so this album and movie comes out in 1984. Um, so the year prior, 1983, he's touring his album um, uh, 1999, which yeah. is probably his album that really puts Prince into the limelight. Other than that, he had three albums earlier. He started. He released his first album in '78 uh, called "For You." Mm-hmm. Um, he's only a young guy; he's about twenty, and uh, big afro. He's a small dude in in stature, but big on on talent. The guy was playing twenty something instruments and mastered a good half of those by the age of 13, 14. Um, he he was is renowned or world famous or world famous for having pretty much played all the instruments on his second album, which is called Simply Prince. Um, uh, his the, the, I was thinking the song. The, the song off that second album that was uh, not why you wanted or why we why you want to treat me so bad was a single off that one. I'm just trying to think. There was um, fuck <laughs> the main song. Oh, no, I can't. Oh, Shaka Khan did a version. I feel for, I feel for you. I think it was I feel for you. Oh god. Anyway, um, so he had. He had a handful of albums leading up to Purple Rain. So he had For You in 78, followed by the following year Prince, then Dirty Mind, Controversy, um, the album. Yep. Um, he also had Controversy following him as well because he was uh, an African-American artist coming out of Minneapolis, which had you know, a tiny African-American mm-hmm. um, a population. And so... He, for, for him to be so young and so talented, to come from, you know, not a very popular place uh, and just just wow, wow, studio execs and, um, and, and people was, it was, it was a phenomenon, uh, like he was a prodigy, basically. Um, so the album, so we lead up to 1999 and this is where he starts to become a bit more mainstream. Yeah. 1999 becomes a popular song followed by a little red Corvette, I think is the biggest song from that album. And it's at this time Prince has an idea. He's Mm. already, he's already a a big business thinking guy anyway. He's already producing other bands like The Time and Apollonia 6, which come into play in this um, album and movie. But, um, it's around this time when he's touring, he has this idea He's thinking, I want a movie. I want to be in a movie. Um, and he's going to base this movie partially on his upbringing. He, um, he's a, a child of a, I think, I believe he's a jazz or pretty sure he's a jazz. His father's a jazz musician. Um, that's where Prince gets his name from. His dad's part of a, a jazz trio called the Prince Rogers Nelson. Oh no, Prince Rogers Nelson trio, something like that. And so it's the last names of each okay. member. So his name is Prince Rogers Nelson. Hmm. And um, so he was destined to either be, I don't know, a pimp or, <laughs> um, or, or, or a musician. Yeah. With a name like Prince. So music was in his blood, it's in his yeah. upbringing, but his parents split. And so 
I think you can see when you watch this movie, there's a lot of, you know, I mean, there's some threads of truth there with his upbringing. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll talk a bit about what happens in the movie later. But he has this idea. He thinks a movie is the vehicle, the way to go <laughs> to to push his his fame a bit more. And it was, I guess it was a risk from Warner Brothers because they, they went along with it. Yeah. They had this amazing talent and basically cast all his mates. <laughs> <laughs> Even his bodyguard was in this movie. Um, and they, were, and it, they tell a, a, a very clear and very human story about mm-hmm. success and, and, and trying to make it in the, in the music business and all the, all the crap that goes along with, you know, the, the, the daily life of someone who's you know, got a dark cloud over the head, yeah. basically. Um, so, so this album and movie becomes hugely successful. I don't have the numbers, but it was massive at the time. Really launched Prince into superstardom. Mm-hmm. He was really well known before, but after this, he was like, everyone knew Prince. Yep. Um, because it just didn't showcase his excellent music, but it showcased him as a performer. And as we, as I was reminded, and as you're, what I'm actually got the movie playing in the background. So Danielle is actually facing the screen where the movie's still playing. Uh, it showcased him as a phenomena, uh, performer, and he's just fucking phenomenal. He yeah. just rips up the stage with his his pre- not, not just his presence and his charisma, but his performance, his dancing. Energy. Just so much energy, like yeah, it's for a little crazy. guy in high heels. <laughs> That's the thing; it's all in heels. He packs Amazing. a lot of power. Amazing to watch. I was, you know, again spellbound watching this, this, um, this guy, young guy at the time, around about twenty six, twenty seven. Can you imagine being twenty six, and you've got this would be your what sixth album? Before you, Prince, Jenny, my controversy, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, Purple Rain, sixth album, studio album. Yeah. O movie, which he's the star that? of, um, and just yeah, propelled no like propelled into in, into yeah, the stratosphere of yeah, how fame. How do you deal with that? Uh, <laughs> and he was like notoriously shy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but managed yeah. to. But you know, all his friends would say, "Look, no, yeah." But once you get to know him, he's a prankster. He's a fun yeah. guy. Um. He's just you know, horribly shy, that's all. Um, and, and crazy talented. Very talented man. So he, uh, so to go back a bit, so he has this idea. He somehow sells this idea <coughs> to Warner Brothers who accept it. He gets a director. His, uh, his band, The Revolution, and this is the first album and the movie where he's actually no, not just Prince, the the singular figure. He's actually Prince and the Revolution star in the movie, along with the bands that he manages and and writes song for. So yeah. The Time and Apollonia 6, who were originally Vanity 6, um, up until um, Vanity, or Denise Matthews, who actually passed away not terribly long ago. Him, him and her were a thing, and I think that had some influence on her leaving... Uh, not, um, the Vanity 6 project, which then became <laughs> Apollonia 6. And I'm not sure why they're called 6, because it's a trio, a female trio, backed by the time, the band the time. 
So, um, shoot, I forget all their names, but yeah, if you can look it up. Mm-hmm. There's the blonde one, there's the African-American yeah. one, and then there's Apollonia, who's not her real name. Her name's Patricia Cortero, who's actually of Mexican descent and uh, not Greek, as Apollonia may suggest. <laughs> but um, Prince was quite popular and well-known for giving people names, yeah. renaming people, including himself a few times, and not just publicly, but also under pseudonyms when he produced have al- um, albums for bands who quite often use a different name. Jimmy J- Jimmy Star or Jamie Star was one of them. <clears throat> yeah. So this is where we're at when we're watching him perform in Purple Rain and listening to him perform. Young guy, the world at his feet, uber talented, and it's all on show. And I'm just thinking, is there, is there any more background I need to give you other than that? Of course, he goes on after afterwards and produces. Like He's pretty much making an album a year, if not two, for the rest of his life. So he has a massive catalogue of music, including the, uh, the infamous vault of music yes. that apparently is full of hundreds, if not thousands, of songs and fully produced video clips. Um, if you ever listen to Kevin Smith on, I think it's the first, An Evening With, maybe the second one where he talks, no, the first one where he talks about his experience Mm -hmm. in Paisley Park, um, (laughs) it's worth listening to. I won't recount it here because we're, we're, we're highlighting the man himself, not, not Kevin Smith as much as I love Kevin Smith. Just look it up. It's a great story. Very interesting story about Prince and... It's a good story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I you, enjoyed it. You won't regret it. But, um, yes, for a man who's also well known for his secrecy and privacy, it was quite interesting to hear someone look behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. And also, like, he was a fan as well, Kevin Smith. Look behind the curtain and, yeah. Can I just ask? Hmm. Was he religious? Uh, yeah, well, he's always um, had the, a foot in the religious and the foot in the highly sexual. So yeah. all these... All his albums, quite a lot of his songs, um, will talk about, you know, like a spiritual love. Mm -hmm. In fact, there was an album, a couple of albums after Purple Rain. So following Purple Rain was Around the World in a Day, and there was Parade, Sign of the Times, and Love Sexy. Love Sexy is pretty much a bit of a dichotomy album where it has very sexual songs, but it also has... Um, a song, particularly a song called Anastasia, which talks about. Oh no, actually, no, it's not Anastasia. That 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 song's quite well known because it's sort of sort of talking about uh, sex and it's talking about God is love. Mm-hmm. But the I the word love sex is uh, Prince's idea of what it is to be in love with God. It's yep. love sexy. That's what he calls that emotion or that energy. Uh, he he's I believe. Grew up a Seventh-day Adventist, which is a denomination of Christianity, mm-hmm. and later in life becomes a, a Jehovah's Witness. That's right. And so apparently he would go door-to-door knocking and and was had his hands deep in philanthropy, and, and you wouldn't know about it because he just didn't advertise it. That was just, yeah, yeah, just his thing. So he he undoubtedly becomes more and more religious as he gets older, and his albums reflect that. I stopped listening to Prince 
probably probably around uh, emancipation, which is probably late not uh, early two thousands, late nineties, maybe late nineties. I can't think off the top of my head. Um, which was the period where he was just calling himself the love symbol. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, I, I sort of, by then, um, a long time before then, actually, it wasn't no longer a hardcore, just Prince listener. I was actually <laughs> catching up on years of music that how I deprived myself of because there is so much out there to enjoy. Uh, but certain Prince is up there. And, it, like, for me, if an artist has impressed me in my life or has a special place in my heart I, I make the pains of making sure that I buy them on vinyl They're, I've got at least five Prince albums and yet mm. there's still more to go there's still more I'd like there's a lot and Purple Rain is certainly up there yeah so yes he goes on and has a, a colourful career and um, has some highs and lows um, yeah around about the time of Emancipation is where I stopped listening I felt the music was getting uh, not <laughs> as good. Yeah. Um, and I haven't heard anything beyond really. I think Eman- Emancipation. I think was the last one. Yeah. Um, and there was about. I've heard like Black Sweat. I think that's a, a track from Three Two One Two. I think that's the name of the album. But um, yeah, I'm not terribly familiar. Oh, I had Rainbow Children as well, and that was that was the album that Kevin Smith was talking about. If you go listen to that track and talk, listen to Kevin Smith talk about his experience with Prince and making a documentary for him, um, getting uh, responses of uh, journalists of an album. He doesn't name the album, but the album is The Rainbow Children, which is very religious. It's concept. It's basically a concept album. Mm-hmm. But it has like it's religious and has yep. a very African-American almost... New Orleansy, um, Cajun uh, influence. Mm. I think that's enough for the background, isn't yeah. it? Shall we get into review? Let's do it. Let's do it. Want to watch a movie but not alone? Then listen to our What You Ask For movie commentaries, where we give our take on some of the most popular movies out there. And we also like to play some movie games, so you can join in on the fun with us. Thanks for listening. So we're going to start with the album review. And so we sat in the dark of uh, my study where I played uh, the album on vinyl. And uh, the album kicks off with a, a jumping track called Let's Go Crazy. It starts off slow, almost like a church sermon, yes. dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to get into this thing we call life. And it, it quickly turns into a mad jam, um, a very high energy track. Um, yeah, thoughts of Let's Go Crazy. I really enjoyed that song. It's, it's a fun song. It's a great it's, fun song. Yeah, I, you can just picture how he's singing it, like because obviously it, I'd not seen the movie yet, so yeah. I was just picturing him singing that. And in my mind, it was some kind of concert, and he was going nuts on stage. Yeah, and you were absolutely right because that's <laughs> how the movie begins with the track "Let's Go Crazy," and he's on stage and he's yes. performing his guts out. Um, high energy. 
big fat drums, awesome guitar solos, yeah. one in the middle, one at the end. Uh, those synths uh, are, are very prominent throughout the album, but especially on this track. Yeah. And it's just driving this track. The, the, this track is just like... It's, it's, it's ready it, to go. It's, it's building and building and building and it climaxes um, to an awesome guitar finish. Um, basically, the message of the song, I what the, my interpretation, you can share yours, is we're all going to die, fuck it, let's just go wild. Yep. And God is coming. Mm, maybe. All excited, <laughs> don't know why. Maybe it's because we're all going to die. And right at the end, right at the end of the song where that the guitar is yep. going off and that drums are, brrr, 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 <laughs> are rolling along, just to hear him scream, take me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's like an example of where you'll hear Prince sort of bleed in a bit of, bit of religion into yep. a song. I didn't and you it. wouldn't even pick it. I didn't it. pick it at all. You wouldn't yes, normally pick night, it. Yeah. So. so, yeah. Uh, so, a fantastic opener, not just to... Um, the album, but uh, to the to the the movie as well. <laughs> I've got a quote here. Um, you said it feels like an introduction. Is what you said. <laughs> yeah. I was taking notes as we were listening, yeah. so I'm reading from those now. And that goes into the second track, "Take Me with You," which is um, which is I suppose the the track you probably hear Apollonia the more most dominant. She does feature in other songs. Yeah. But you can hear her voice quite prominently. Yeah, I know. Like she features. I know. She's got a very unique. That. Yeah, she's got a really nice voice. Yeah, really lovely voice, but very unique as well. Yeah, it. Yeah, does I? I if I'm honest, it's probably the only song that I thought. Um, she was on. Yeah. No, and I'm. I'm not sure if I mentioned her. I'll let you know if I remember anyway. But yeah, it's just a it's a, a chug and love song. I called it. Uh, it's not one of my favourites, though. No. no. Really? It's no. okay. Yep. It's okay to me. Yep. I like it. I don't think it's... For me, it's not an okay track. I'll get to an okay track a yep. bit later. But it's a fun little chugging uh, love song pronounced by some tambourines. You can yep. hear those shaking about. Yes. And it's a basic message, isn't it? It doesn't... I don't yep. care where I am. It's just as long as, as I'm, I'm with you. you. Yeah. Um, so a lovely little love song. Then we... <laughs> then we go a bit low, um, keeping with this love theme. I call it the electro emo song, <laughs> called "The Beautiful Ones." That's my favorite. It's one of my favorites too. Um, it's my favorite on the entire album. Yeah, very strong, um, very heavy with the piano and synths yeah, I love as it. well. That's why I like you can it. hear the piano keys and you can hear the synth sort of in the background, sort of creating that mood. And his, I really, really, really like his voice in it. Yeah, particularly at the end where it starts to get s- desperate. He's yeah. like screaming, "Do you want him? Do you yeah. want me? I want you." See, I seem to and like it d- the, that just builds the like to he's literally screaming like, <laughs> "I can't do it." But I like, like the tortured voice. Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, sound wrong there. So the message basically <laughs> being, "Is it me or him? Because yeah. I want you." That's basically it's all in the lyrics. Yeah. Um, yeah, it gets passionate and desperate at the end when yeah. he's just screaming and he's laying you can see in, in the in the movie he's laying on the ground just exhausted yeah. it just takes it all out of him and then we go into probably i think a bit more of a slightly experimental track called computer blue yeah, i don't remember it where is my love life where can it be okay oh, yeah, yeah there must be something wrong with the machinery yeah i don't know 
one. You don't feel that one? No. I have to say, um, when I first heard the album, I'd skip this track. It was... Yep. It wasn't doing a lot for me. Um, it, we start off with the slightly, if not prominently, homoerotic introduction by Wendy and Lisa. Oh, yes, yes. Is the water warm enough? Yeah. Yes, Lisa. Shall we begin? <laughs> yes, Lisa. And then... And so the music picks up and gets mm-hmm. slow. Um, there's only lyrics at the beginning, and it's very simple. Uh, where is my love life? Where can it be? Yep. There must be something wrong with the missionary. Where is my love life? Where has it gone? Somebody, please, please tell me what the hell is wrong until I find the righteous one. Computer blue. Again, a touch of religion in yep. there. The righteous one. Obviously, a, a hint of Jesus. Um, so minimal vocals, big on the instruments. Gets a bit slow, chill in the middle, and then it... it crescendos near the end um the message my take the takeaway message i take is um until i'm in love i'm i'm computer blue <laughs> or i'm you know i'm cold like a yeah. computer you know i guess if that's anything to take away from it it has a very uh, again a prominent electro sound so maybe that's the influence of the title mm. computer blue it's got a very synthy computery like <laughs> sound bear in mind that gary newman was a bit of an influence in prince during the, his earlier period and then we get to the raunchy sexy darling nikki <laughs> I, I like that song because it was it was just in the when i first heard it i was like oh I, he's having a go like trying to make someone jealous i felt and in the movie it's kind of what he did all right, he so used it to make her jealous. Right, okay. Well, in the movie, he's actually a dig. Like, it's <laughs> saying, you're a s- slut, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and I've had you. And, I like it. Um, I actually thought he was trying to do it as a, um, to make her jealous. That, saying he'd been with someone else. Oh, okay. That's how I took it. No, so in the movie, he's actually using it to make her feel like crap. Well, there you go. You totally interpret that wrong. Yeah. Oh, well, in, in the in the album, even before I saw the movie, I mean, this track is sort of known as the, you know, it's the one that pushes the boundaries. Yeah. It's, it's using, um, it's using provocative language, masturbating. Yeah. Um, you know, this imagery of him potentially engaged um, in a sexual experience with maybe a prostitute because he does mention something about a contract or maybe it's mm. someone famous. Famous people are known to get people to sign contracts before yep. they have sex so they don't say anything to anybody. We're not really told who Nikki is. We just know that she's very promiscuous or yep. highly sexual at the very least. And then there's some sort of contract happening between Prince and this narrative device in this story so you know again we've got that they've got slow sultry synths we've got the very prominent uh, guitar and drums uh this was the song and this was the album um that's largely um credited for inventing the parental warning label on albums (laughs) Because Al Gore's wife at the time is quite known. You can go look this up on YouTube for taking this to, I'm not sure, Congress or wherever else and saying, hey, this uh, I bought this album for my, my daughter and then it's singing about masturbating <laughs> and, you know, to magazines and yep. hotel lobbies and we got to have a warning 
on albums if this is going to be the future of music. So there you go, Prince. Mm. You can thank him for the uh, parental warning. Parental warning. And then we almost finished the first side with an a cappella chart with Prince and I assume uh, other voices, unless he's just laid his voice, yep. with the sound of rain in the background. Yeah. Um, and it's nonsensical. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why it's nonsensical. Why is the reason it's nonsensical, Danielle? Is that the one that's um, played backwards? Because it's backwards. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people know that. Maybe Ooh. people who know know, but... I didn't really pick up on it until you told me. And I didn't think you did. So um, immediately after that song played on my iPad, I looked up it up on YouTube. Yep. And played it to you again. I'm not sure if you picked up why you were listening to it again. Because I then, did once it started. And then it played backwards. Yep. And when it plays backwards, it hauntingly says, Hello, how are you? I'm fine. Because I know that the Lord is coming soon. Mm-hmm. Coming, coming soon. Ha, 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 <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Yep. Little creepy. Little bit. Little creepy. It was so creepy that when I had this album on turntable on a in a turntable when I was in my early twenties, I had to manually back mask, and I recorded it back in the days of of, of <laughs> answering machines. Yep. I had an answering machine at my home, so I recorded it, and that was my answering machi- machine message. And my <laughs> mother called and said, "If I don't remove that message, she'll never call me again." So I kept the message. <laughs> Um, but just because I loved it because it sounded so freaky. And I think the way I played it was a little slower too, so it sounded oh, a, little, a, bit, more creepy. a bit haunted. So, yeah, uh, again, with a religious theme. But yeah. interesting using backmasking to tell, uh, I guess, a, a pro-religious message. Yeah. Backmasking, if you're not familiar with it, is quite um, – there's this association, particularly with fundamental Christians around it, um, it and rock music, music. Oh my god, I can't talk. Um, telling very anti-religious or anti-Christian, pro-satanic messages. But uh, if you look into it further, it's a lot of power suggestion going on there. Um, a lot of paranoia. Another excuse to hate on rock and roll from by the religious or some religious anyway. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on the a cappella section? I thought it was cool. I thought it was I cool liked too. It. Not very long. Same different. Yeah. Don't hear a lot of it. We flipped to the other side to flipped. one of the most famous songs, not just on the album, but by Prince, When Doves Cry. I really like that song. No bass. They still really like it. <laughs> it was became the number one track um, on the charts. Yep. Uh, interesting, I think Eva Prince was the first, I'm not sure he was the only, but he was definitely the first artist to have not only a top one, number one song, but a top album, number one album, and top grossing movie in the cinema well, in yep. at least a week, I think it was. That's pretty cool. Great song. Yeah. Well, um, that's when I said that it felt like... um. A Rocky Montage. <laughs> a Rocky Montage. It's where you would have the, the yeah. thinking and the... Yeah. Yeah. Lots of thinking, a lot of regret. Yeah. Um, you know, 
uh, a lot of snippets. That was right. Of, yeah, and you were absolutely <laughs> right. It was the Rocky montage, except he wasn't working out to become uh, a stronger fighter. <laughs> he was just regretting a few decisions and yeah. not in a good place emotionally. Um, very drum synth driven. It was. Uh, it was apparently written in a night. Oh, really? Yeah, during production of the... I'm pretty sure it was during production of the movie. um, Prince felt like he needed another song, and so that night he wrote an album. No, wrote a song. Though, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if he actually ever wrote an album (laughs) in one night. If anyone could, it would be him. Um, And came back the next day and said, oh, we've got that song that we need. And it was like... The last last minute song that you know that typical story where you hear about the last yep. minute song that a band writes or a member of the band writes and becomes like their biggest, the biggest hit. song. Um, and Dove's Cry was no exception. Um, the message: we fight, we suck, we're broken up. Maybe um, we don't communicate? Question mark. Maybe. <laughs> um, there seems to be a lack of communication in that particular narrative of the. Yeah. Of the uh, of the song, and you get a little glimpse because he talks about his mother and father. Well, I don't know if he's talking about his mother and father, but yeah, I ma- took it that way. Maybe I'm just like my father. Yeah. Maybe you're just like my mother. She's never satisfied. Why do we scream at each other? It doesn't sound like a healthy relationship, no, does it? No, not at all. Um, apparently, that's how dubs cry. Maybe. Um, yeah, and. Probably that would have been the first time where you've probably heard the full version of that song. Yeah. Most people have only ever heard uh, the, I don't know, the radio-friendly version. This one is quite extended. I like it. And it goes on, and the vocals get a bit more desperate and squealy. And it's the torture again. Yeah. Screaming at the end, babe, like a plea. Babe, babe, babe. I can't do it like him. He goes, <laughs> he goes to another place with he his does. vocal. His voice, like voice a, a is amazing. Desperate plea does. at the end. It's like, it is a plea song. It's like, you know, obviously I love you and want to be with you, but we're, we're not connecting. Yeah. And, and it's kind of suck. It's key. Sucky. Sucky. I would die for you. I like that song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for me, I didn't expect a song like that to be on there. I don't know. Um. I don't even know what to say, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is um, probably overtly religious in its See, lyrics. I didn't take it that way. I'm not a woman. I'm not a man. <laughs> I'm something that you'll never understand. I'll never beat you. I'll never lie. And if, you, if you're if evil, I'll forgive you by and by because I would die for you. Um, now, you can certainly read it as like a lover to lover. That's the one where he calls himself a messiah. I'm, a, I'm the messiah and you're the reason why. Yeah. See, I just yeah. took it as he thinks he's just better than her. Well, kind of you, thing. you could, <laughs> you could read it that way, but I think it's meant to be like the Jesus. Yeah, I can understand song. that as well. You know, Jesus died for the sins of everybody, and so he died for people. I would die for you. It's almost you could. It, I think it's meant to be like this is the voice of Jesus talking. Um, well, you are a sinner. I am told I'll be your fine when you're yeah. cold. Make you happy when you say make you good. When you are bad, I'm, I'm your conscience. I am. Love. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, so it's it it's I think deliberately very yeah. religiously, but you could definitely read it as I just love it to love it. Yeah, big time. It's uplifting, punchy song. Cl- that clicky um, drum track. 
Yeah. Click, 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 click. It just clicks constantly in the background. Um, I put down, it hasn't aged well. I don't know. I don't feel um, like it's probably uh, aged the great. It's probably, for me, one of the weaker songs on the track. Yeah, I like it. On the album, on the album. Maybe it's because I like the lyrics more than anything. Okay. I mean, it's not a bad song by any means. It's certainly not the weakest. I think the weakest for me is Computer Blue. Um, if I had to pick a second, I think I'd pick this one as, yeah. a, as a weak track. Um, but it's certainly listenable for me. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of Prince fans would hate me for saying that, but <laughs> fuck you. Uh, it's subjective. <laughs> I'm allowed to not like what I don't exactly. like. Um, and this blends straight into Baby I'm a Star. So high energy, real yeah. feel good, optimistic. This is a good song. Great pounding drum beat, just driving the track. Um, you, I got a quote from you saying that you like it. I did. You said I like it. I really like that one too. Um, and it's just it's just a great fun lyric as well. You know, um, it's, it's basically saying, "Hey, look, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I made it, or I'm making it, mm-hmm. and you can too." Look it's at like me. that. You, like you just want to stand up and go, yeah, it's, come on. If you're going to use a Rocky <laughs> analogy, it's like Rocky at the yeah. top of the steps. He's jumping up and down. He's very happy. This is Prince's version. Um, it's like a motivation thing. It's it like, would have been, would have been great if this is what capped the album. Like, because yeah. this feels like if this, because this is where the movie ends on this track. And it's mm. a really nice uplift. All right, okay, we've gone through all this darkness and Here's this, this tragedy, you know, a tragedy and this journey with um, Prince or the kid in the movie, and it was just a nice way to top it. But with the album, we're brought back down as we go into the last track, Purple Rain. Before we talk about Purple Rain, let me ask you something. What is Purple Rain. What is it, the concept of Purple Rain? Not the song, but lyrically, what is Purple Rain to you? Um, I don't, never really thought about it. Never meant to cause you any trouble. Never meant to cause you any pain. It makes I only me, wanted to see you laughing me, in the Purple Rain. So what's the Purple Rain? Maybe that's Prince's love. That's Prince's love? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's love. You only want to see that person like in that love. Okay. I don't know. I haven't yeah, really well, thought about it a lot, but I do know, though, that Purple Rain is a drink. <laughs> I think it... <laughs> it is a beverage. probably came after the Yeah, movie. it did, yeah, but sure. it is a beverage. It is a beverage. An alcohol. Maybe it literally meant a, a, a drink. Maybe. Maybe he invented the drink Purple Rain. He said, well, I'm sorry I hurt you, but why don't you just come under just here? They're going to tip a big glass of this drink called Purple Rain, and you can shower in it with me. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people would have loved that. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody's done it too. At least one person somewhere once. I wrote down some ideas because I don't know if I'd actually really thought about it carefully properly, not, at least not to my memory, until last night. So I wrote down some ideas yep. what Purple Rain could be. I wrote down happiness. Mm-hmm. could be healing, like a spiritual yep. healing or even just an, an emotional hearing, he- healing. Uh, love, like you said. Maybe a religious experience, um, but potentially the afterlife. So there were just some yeah. ideas. No, it's sort of thinking of Prince, him being the songwriter, him having spiritual sort of yeah. beliefs and connections. And so far, we're seeing that throughout some of the songs, Definitely. at least. 
this since this is I'd call it the heart of the album this song certainly what the album's named after is this song Purple Rain um and we seem in the movie and in the album we tend to be leading to this song mm-hmm. um it's a big emotional outpour and for me at least being a long time Prince listener Prince tends to go like for his big songs it tends to be a it tends to be a God element, if not all about God. And, you know, that relationship with God, God is love mm-hmm. in Prince's philosophy. Yeah. I'm going to say that when I heard it last night, because I never, like I knew the song, but I never actually had sat there and just listened to it. Mm-hmm. I actually was thinking about people in my life that had passed away and it made me really, really sad. Mm. <laughs> really sad. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought about that too, that how that could be interpreted mm. that way. It's like, yeah, it's like, um, it's, oh, I wrote down the message for me. Um, the message I wrote was, I fucked up and the world is fucked. I just wanted you to be happy. Yep. Follow me? Question mark. <laughs> um, but certainly it could be like, hey, you know, uh, you don't yeah. know what you've got until it's gone. Maybe it's gone and. Yeah, and you know, uh, you know, when you when I was with you, I just wanted us to be happy, and mm. um, yeah, uh, yeah, great song. I got the guitar solo. It's, it's, so good. I, I call it it's weeping, weeping guitar weeping solo. Guitar. Um, v- um, very um, lovely vocal. Um, not sure if you pick up on the violins playing in the background. I can't remember. I have to listen. Yeah, again. it's very. When I'm listening to all these tracks, I'm thinking like, what, what's it? What, what else is going on besides the synth and the drum and the guitar? They, they are the really power of the tracks. But yeah. this one, I really heard the violin just softly in the background. I'm pretty sure it was a violin or a cello, something like that. Anyway, something string that wasn't a guitar. Yep. And it was driving the emotion. Um, yeah, really good. I the I said background. A violin softly in the background adds to an emotionality. I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> and then we come to the end of the album. So, Purple Rain, 1984, Prince and the Revolution. Even though it's called a soundtrack, movie soundtrack album, it has no songs from any of the other bands, even though there are other songs yes. that feature in the motion picture. It's only about Prince. If you had to rate it, let's use Chubby's. Yep. Since this is called The Weekend Chubby, if you had to give it five chubbies, five being the, the biggest. The hardest. The hardest, <laughs> the vainiest, the um, the best. Yeah. And one being the smallest, limpest, weakest. Yep. What would you give the album? I give this album three and a half chubbies. Three and a half chubbies. Yeah. Three and a half? Three and a half. Yeah. Because just just a couple of songs I just didn't yeah. like. No. Not that I didn't like them, I just didn't. I don't know if I didn't connect yeah. with them. They just weren't for me. Was weren't as uh, it. It's probably Prince's. Like every artist or band has at least one album that every, it's known they're known for. Yep. And it's like a good reason why. And they're not always perfect albums. Like I think of say, oh, I was going to say Cat Stevens, um, T for the T- Tillman. I mean, I think it's a phenomenal album. Every song is a banger. <laughs> banger. Um, it's Cat <laughs> Stevens. Um, but, you know, there's weaker songs on that. Longer Boats is probably not my favourite. Yeah. Um, so, ah, is subjective. Uh, if you think of 
Chili Peppers. You know, I mean, some bands have two. You know, Chili yeah. Peppers, you quite often think of Blood Sugar Sex Magic and there's probably songs on there that you go, oh, that's not as, not as good as, you know, Righteous and the Wicked is not as good as, you know, Suck My Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could think of a bunch. But this would have to be one of Prince's most... I think there's there's probably be a couple in and Prince has again a massive back yeah, catalogue. You quite often think of Prince Purple Rain. He's quite Yep. You know and maybe by design associated with the colour purple. Considering when the movie was being developed it was called Dreams, which we'll talk about in a moment. Really? Um yeah, and that movie change that name changed Thank and I'll goodness. tell you why after. Um I would give this oh, not really a half person, not really into half chubs. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick with a full four. Full four. Yeah, like you said, look, it's it's certainly a, 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 an album of a time. Yep. It feels super eighties, which is great. Yeah. But it's really good eighties. Like yeah, it's, you, it's like pinnacle eighties, best eighties you're going to get. Um, excuse me. Um, Tracks like Computer Blue weaken it a bit for me, and for me, I Would Die For You. Maybe I'm a star to a certain extent. As much as I love the energy of that mm-hmm. song, I don't think it's a super strong song. Yeah. I do like Purple Rain. I'm not in love with the song Purple Rain. The song tracks I absolutely adore would have to be um, Let's Go Crazy, uh, The Beautiful yeah. Ones, um, When Doves Cry. Yeah. Um, but an album I find, if I listen to, I certainly prefer to listen to from start to end because, yeah. you know, it feels like you do go on a bit of a journey. Yeah. All right. That's Chubby's. What You Ask For Extra is our interview show where we talk to somebody and share their story with you. We believe everyone has a story to share. And if you'd like to share yours, email us at askedforpod at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening. Shall we talk about the movie? Let's talk about the movie. Okay. Where do we start? Well, the movie... Well, I'll give a bit of a synopsis. I wrote this down during, like, we're listening to the Purple Purple Rain album, and as Purple Rain was playing and I wrote my bit about the song, I thought, oh, well, I'll write a synopsis about the movie. <laughs> so let's see how well I went. So inspiring... Um, inspiring? <laughs> okay, maybe not the best. Okay, the kid. Um, inspiring artist, I should have said. Inspiring artist, like, uh, the kid he's known as. Mm-hmm played by Prince, is, is is vying to make it at a local club against other bands, especially this one band called The Time. And what was the club called? The First Ave- Fifth Avenue? The First Avenue or something? Fifth Avenue, something like that. Along uh, comes Apollonia, another struggling artist who catches the attention of the kid, but also Morris of The Time. They both like what they see. Okay, a bit again. These are notes, <laughs> loose notes. Um, uh, uh, Morris offers her a chance to lead her own group, and this creates jealousy, and and begins to tear the kid and Apollonia apart. Mm-hmm. That's as far as I got. Yeah. 
Also failed to mention in that little synopsis there's um, the kid who was also having troubles at home. He lives with mum and dad yeah. and that's a, a domestic violence situation. Um, dad is a failed artist and I think it's hinted at the mum was too um, because she wanted to support her husband and it didn't work out. And so he has massive regrets. Yeah. She is unhappy. He's super controlling and he... I don't know. Well, certainly slaps her. Yeah, well, they know. show it in the movie. They though. show a couple of times. Well, one a couple of times, at least one time. Twice. I know the kid gets slapped by him at least twice. Yeah, because there's a part, the one where he, um, the father slaps her around and leaves, and then he touches his mum's leg. He's like, Ma, no. Ma. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so. I love uh, it. Yeah. I actually loved. All things about it, like costumes, everything. Oh my Songs. gosh, Prince looks like I he's from another planet outfit. with his they are massive purple trench coat, his oh. huge purple motorcycle. Um, he's not dressed in purple, he's dressed in black. Or white. He looks good in white. Yep. In the beginning. No, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Just a few things that well, I found a bit funny. <laughs> But it was all good. <laughs> yeah. So, again, this is a movie that's meant to be semi-autobiographical based on Prince. It's got everyone he knows, basically, in this movie. Um, I think the only actor that y- you may be familiar with is uh, Clarence Williams III, who plays his father. He's in a bunch of stuff. He still acts to this day. Um, probably, possibly better known as one of the bad guys in Reindeer Games with Ben Affleck. Uh, It's a great movie considering most of these people are musicians Mm -hmm. and they did have drama training or acting training. They do do a passable job. It's not terrible. I've seen some um, musicians try to act where it's just god awful. And Prince does a pretty good job. It's not impeccable. But he brings emotion when there's emotion needed. Um, he does rage really well. Yeah, he does. He has these huge, beautiful eyes, which you know give you a, you know, a thousand yard stares. Yeah. Um, he plays the kid really well, so he's just he just a tortured yeah. individual. He's got a sucky home life. You know, he, he just uh, he doesn't know how to connect to the ladies. Well, he does, but he doesn't know how to retain it in a in a way that doesn't. He did shock me in this movie, his character. Yeah. I did get a bit of a... Oh, I got yeah. angry at him. It did. He <laughs> come all of a sudden. We'll come to that in a moment. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, I'm not sure if I explained the premise properly, but basically he's playing in a club. And he's one of three bands playing in the club. And the, the, apparently this club is a great platform for artists to continue yep. to have big successful careers. Apparently he's not doing too well because... His relationship with his band isn't fantastic. Uh, Wendy and Lisa, two band members, want him to, you know, incorporate their influence. He's very protective of his music. Um, so there's rifts between him and his band members. He doesn't rock up to practice if he rocks up at all. Um, he's he's a he's a law unto himself, but you can understand why that is because he's probably going through his own shit as well. He's got a rivalry with a band called The Time, particularly the lead singer Morris Day, who just is deliberately I don't know if he's deliberately, but he's certainly goofy. 
He's, he's a bit strange. I don't like his he, character. He's almost very... Um, it's like it's kind of like if a fifties father was a big rock star in the eighties. That's what Morris Day would be. He's just he's very awkward, but he's proud of it. Yeah, particularly the way he performs and dances and sings. Like he sings a song called "The Bird," um, where he just squawks and sings "Hallelujah" um, <laughs> and does this weird sort of shit in my pants dance. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but just thinks he's the coolest shit. And um, so th- there's all this inner and outer rivalry happening in this club and along comes Apollonia we don't know where she's from but she's come out of town she's run out on a taxi fare she's heard about this club and she wants to make it she wants to be a star people come to this club to be a star yeah and she she sees the kid play on stage falls instantly in lust or love whatever and uh, um, the kid notices her too and they eventually start a connection anyway um, some sort of romantic connection. And that's all well and good until Morris decides that he also likes her, <laughs> but can actually help her and in, in, in use her in a, in a girl band that he's putting together. And he's doing that because he actually wants to get rid of Prince's or the kids' band from the club. The club only has only room for four bands. And so... Three, is it three bands? He hasn't got room for four. Morris says, hey, I'll put together something sexy but not dirty. Girl band, you get rid of the kid. All right, that's the deal. So he's putting together this group and he decides Apollonia should lead the group. Yes. This trio of three female femme fatales on stage. Mm-hmm. And when and when the kid learns about that this, after receiving a beautiful guitar present... Um, from Apollonia, who had assumably got a, a, a advance payment for her work with what would become Apollonia Six, the trio band that the time is putting uh, Morris Day from the time is putting together, we get the very out of the blue scene where yeah. the kid slaps her in the face. Yeah, because they're all lovey, and then it's like poof. It's all lovey, and she says, "Oh, here's your guitar." And I'm joining Morris's band. Whack. Whack. Smack in the face. Okay. And, I mean, it's not whack. It's like, hey, I'm proud of it. It's like, okay, this guy obviously is, to a certain extent, imitating his surroundings. But he's got control issues as well. Um, So, I assume they break up. Even though in his head, when he's asked later by his dad, have you got a girlfriend? He's he like, says yes. Well, yeah, I haven't seen her. And I, last time I saw her, I slapped her. Yeah. Um, but sure, I've got a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, don't get married. Yes. Uh, so from there, the kid goes in a bit of a downward st- spiral. Home life gets worse. The band is falling apart even more so. The club is not digging on his music. Um, Apollonia 6 is becoming popular um, and it's all crescendoed when his father takes or attempts to take his life by yes. shooting himself in the head um, and then it all comes together for him when he decides that for a lot of imagery the way out of this cycle is to not become his father yes. not to do what his father did to reject just be, to be so self-centred and self-serving 
And the, the, the way he starts to do that is by taking the cassette that receive of Wendy and Lisa's song and deciding that that will be the next song that they're going to perform. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics sort of contain almost like an apology to everybody. It's like, okay, I'm sorry that I heard you. I just wanted you to be happy in the purple rain. And the song acts as an apology in, in, the, in the, the movie. Apology to Apollonia, apology to his bandmates. It touches the audience and the club owner, even Morris Day, his <laughs> rival. And then we get into a couple of jumpy tunes where yeah. we, we, we feel like everything's resolved and everyone's happy and no one's dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we, we then showcase Prince in all his glory, flipping and bouncing all over the stage. And we come to the end, big close-up of Prince with a light behind his head. Has it aged well? I think so. Yeah, I think it has. I think it's aged well. It's definitely of its time, like the album, it's of its time, but um, it's so much fun. It is. It, 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 like I said earlier in the, in the, in the episode, it, it's cut really well. It, the, the stories keep their momentum. There's no plot holes from memory anyway. Everything ties up really well. Yep. Anything that's set up is paid off later. A little convenient, probably near the end, when everything's just sort of um, wrapped up in a bow with um, montages throughout the songs. Yeah. But, okay, this is a vehicle for Prince, after all, to sell his music. You can kind of understand it. The, st- the, the story pays off. Yeah. Um, you know, some things you wouldn't get away with. Calling Prince a long-haired faggot might not be done these days. And Well, maybe they would be. I don't know. <laughs> Um, slapping, being domestic violence or, you know, at one stage uh, there's a woman who is harassing Morris as oh him gosh. him and Jerome, his sidekick <laughs> from the band, are walking down the street and he just looks at Jerome and says, Jerome, as in, can you deal with this mad bitch who's yelling at me? <laughs> and Jerome, a big African-American fellow, grabs this little African-American woman, grabs her <laughs> and throws her in a dumpster <laughs> down an alley and just closes the lid and she gets out there looking all sexy and (laughs) sultry like it's like well this is what happens and they're like okay well such nastiness let's go (laughs) there's misogyny um definitely uh, uh, as an undertone in some parts of the movie but again you can understand it for its time yeah i am I thought that the intimate scene was far out for that time. Yeah, for that sure. That was a big thing. I was like, what the? So the sex scene between <laughs> Prince and Apollonia, even though we don't see any nudity, no. um, Prince is situated on a bed fully clothed behind He's standing Apollonia. standing behind her. Um, almost in a doggy style yep. way. And he's kissing her and she's leaning back. And she's in a corset and very... Skimpy red, uh, very sheer underwear, underwear. <laughs> and he's grabbing her, and yeah. like the, the underwear's so small, you can actually see yeah a little side of the not like a not like a labia or anything, but he's getting pretty close to it. Nineteen eighty four, and he's grabbing at that, and he's grabbing her 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 boobies, and yeah. So uh, some sex yeah. scenes these days are, uh, these days are not even that full on. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, he got away. With he it. got well. I guess they were dating at the time, so that would have 
helped. But still. Still, yeah. They went for it. I think it was R-rated in the States. I don't think it's R-rated here. It's M-A or M. No, it was R because on the thing on my, on oh, my iPad yeah, thing, yeah. it was an R. So we we were going to watch it on VHS, yes. but it wasn't working on the... On, the, on your VHS yeah. player, so you found a digital version that we could watch. And that was an R version. Yeah. So, any anything else you want to add about the movie? Oh, it was originally called Dreams. Mm. Um, <laughs> but Prince said that. he wanted the word purple in the title. Um, this may have been before the song Purple Rain was written. Potentially, yeah. maybe the reason why the song Purple Rain maybe. was written. Um, and was then... Hence called Purple Rain. Apollonia was going to originally be uh, Denise Matthews, who was the lead singer of Vanity Six, who I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Who was who was a real? They were a real band, a real yep. group. I've got their album. Um, who she was replaced by Apollonia, who formed Apollonia Six, who they did actually release a real album, which I do have. <laughs> um, before Apollonia or Patricia. Cortero, I think her name is, if I'm saying that correctly, was actually going to be Jennifer Beale at one stage. What? Flashdance ba- fame. Wow. Yeah. No. Um, but she turned it down because she wanted to focus on her college studies. Aww. So she missed out. Apollonia got the gig. Um, um, renamed Apollonia by Prince. Yep. And still uses the name to this day, I believe, at least professionally. Well, in the credits, it had her name as Apple. Yeah, yeah. Um, Prince was known to rename people like Denise Matthews. He renamed Vanity um, and a bunch of other people as well. Uh, anything else? Other fast facts about the movie? I don't have a fast fact, but I'd like to say I love that in every scene you see Prince, he's strutting. Like, he doesn't just walk, he struts. He's got a very shoulder-strong walk for Love a little it. guy. It's very... Commands the screen there yeah. when every time he's on. When he's on the stage performing, my gosh, there is nothing else worth seeing but that. He's, uh, he was and is a phenomenal artist. His energy is crazy. If you ever got, um, get to watch him live, obviously recorded now, not that you'll get to see him live anymore, um... Uh, the way he commands his band and works his band is like it's it's a workout, mm. like, and they keep up. But it's he works his band. If you ever watch it, him live doing a full concert, it's exhausting to watch, mm-hmm. but in a good way, yeah, like, entertainingly exhausting. But he works the fuck out of his band. He he can he controls them yeah. and tells them what to do. Almost like in a if you ever seen James Brown play mm-hmm. live, that's kind of what he does. But I think Prince takes it to another level. Anything else about the movie as you're watching it behind my shoulder? The awkward kissing, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, the awkward kissing. Prince Prince kisses, kisses really weird, strangely, but that's okay. There you go. Can deal with that. I'm sure she wasn't complaining. No, or maybe she was. I don't know. So, we're going to give it chubbies? Yeah, sure. How many chubbies would you give Purple Rain, the motion picture? Purple Rain, four chubbies. Four chubbies? Four chubbies. Yeah, I'd give it a four chub as well. It's, um, you know, it's it's a great movie if you're a Prince fan. If you're not, you're going to have a horrible time, I think. Yeah. Um, Even if you're not, if you're not necessarily acquainted with Prince, I think you'd have a good time with it. Well, I wasn't really... 
into print and I still enjoy it a lot. Yeah. You certainly can't walk away from it and not have admiration for the man because even just for his dancing alone or his performance and stage presence, it's, it's worth... It's worth watching, if not for that. Acting's a little weak at times, a little laughable, but if you're a fan of the era and of the the personalities and realise it was um, it was a vanity project to a certain extent, uh, then you, just, you have fun with it. It's a yeah. good time. It's not a long movie. No. Uh, and it's got a good story, good emotional story. Yeah. Okay. Um, um. All right, closing thoughts. Yeah, uh, you just got to see it. <laughs> go see it. Go see it. Let us it. know what you think. Let us know what you think. Yeah, yeah, you can email us at askforpod at hotmail.com. Let us know if you've watched it and yeah. what you thought of it. Maybe you've got, um, you're similar to me where you've grown up with it to a certain extent and have a nostalgic attachment to it, or perhaps you're not seen it and are curious to watch it and maybe you've watched it for the first time recently. And like to share your your opinions. We'd love to hear from you. Yep. All good. All good. All right. Well, that's it. That's it for the weekend, chubby. This week. Yep. Um. Next week, I have no idea what <laughs> what what I'm doing. But I guess You'll I'll work it, work it out. out. I haven't quite worked out whether this is going to be a weekly show. Anyway, this is yeah. It's called the weekend, chubby, because it you know usually weekends I'm free. Yeah. And. I'm usually excited about the weekends, <laughs> hence Weekend Chubby. Um, I have no idea. I won't do a review episode next episode. Uh, next. I'll do something completely different. I don't, yeah. I don't know yet. I'll let you know. Look out for us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and the other one, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're asked for pod, A-S-K-E-D-P-O-D. No, A-S-K... No, hang on. A-S-K-E-D-F-O-R-P-O-D. There we go. Asked for pod. Um, if you pretty much hashtag that or a little at sign in front of that, you'll find us all over the place. I, I, I post on a regular basis, if not too regularly. <laughs> I'm very excited about the new direction of the What You Asked For podcast, yes. what I'm calling the Asked For universe. We have five shows... Uh, we have three hosts. We have a, a lot of really great potential for content. I've just finished uh, learning a bit more about the audio, so I'm quite happy uh, with my abilities to produce some quality show, with, complete with music. Each show, I was, I was showing Daniela before, every show now has a theme, including this one. You, if you played this one right through, you would have heard not just... The theme music at the beginning, you'll hear some at the end, you'll hear some music throughout this um, pod, as well as some ads that we've created for (laughs) our other shows as well. So I'm really quite happy and excited about the potential of the future of the Asked For Universe, I'm calling it. Uh, So, yeah, again, uh, if if you've got any questions, you want to let us know anything, really, your thoughts, not just on this episode, but... Um, on previous episodes or 
if you want to interact with any of the other shows, including the show that you co-host, Daniela, the What You Ask For regular show. Yes. Where uh, you just recorded the ad for that one. Yes, <laughs> I did. Um, where we answer questions, we quite often answer our own questions, but if you have questions you'd like to ask... Any questions. Let us know. Anyway, you'll hear all the ads later anyway. Yeah. I think it's time to wrap up. Yep. Well, thank you for listening. I have no catchphrase at the moment for this show. I'll work on that. Maybe if you've got one for me, like have a have a chubby weekend or, I don't know, keep your chub hard and long. I don't know. I'm sure you can come up with a better one. But anyway, I've been your curator, C.M. Morrison. You can find me on Twitter at that C.M. Morrison. This is... Daniela. That's me. And you can find you... Well, you can find me at Relish Me Now. Relish Me Now. All right. And that's it. All right. Well, fuck off now. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Sorry, that was really rude. (laughs) We're going to go now. (laughs) Bye-bye. What You Ask For regular show is where we attempt to answer some of life's big and small questions. Got a question you'd like us to answer? Email us at askforpod at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening. Wicked Chubby is the What You Ask For podcast's free form show where I discuss whatever I decide at the time. Think of it as our random show. So join me, your curator, on a chubby odyssey most weekends. Thanks for listening. This is a What You Asked For podcast, part of the Asked For universe. Thanks for listening.